Darling, we've had one hell of a time But the question on everybody's mind Where is the Welcome out there, Internet Land. This is the uh, 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 oh shit! I already forgot it. <laughs> you, you had the job, you were hired, and now you're fired. Oh, no. Ideas don't bleed. Ideas don't bleed. You came in with so much confidence. Yeah. I, was awesome. I know, right? Okay, let me try again. Let me try again. <laughs> I don't know that you get to try again. Now you get to go again. Let's no, go. I feel like this is how you have to open the podcast. Up. No, I'm sorry, definitely. but like you, you also signed that contract. Yeah, no, it's definitely staying in. That's that was great. Hey there, internet. It's us over at the Ideas Don't Bleed podcast, the only one podcast with number one creators Jackson Lansing and Alan oh, Kelly no. visiting Whoa, the studio no. with no. Ethan Parker, Griffin <laughs> Sheridan, and the one and only Matthew Rosenberg here to tickle your <laughs> brains and 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 put their tongues in your ears. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Yep. Oh my god, that's correct. That's Why correct. did you guys like call it improv? Where... Is, is, is it going to be okay if we we cut that and we put that at the start that's of every prob- episode, no matter who's guessing? That's <laughs> probably, that right? Yeah, that's probably the permanent opening now. Yeah. Um, we we've done openings wow. before, and they they range from me being sort of lackluster, mm-hmm. which is which in my defense is my brand sort of yeah unenthusiastic is sort of what i go for and mm-hmm. and ethan's like a solid solid b and then Thank griffin you. griffin can come out swinging and do a great job or he can really just fumble the ball on the intro yeah. but no one has come with that level of enthusiasm colin so mm-hmm. um no. do you mind well, if nice. i give us just like can i give us just an alt just in case like when we're, oh, when we're in post uh, uh, just just in case just in case he Griffin would like just, to ruin just, the fun just, just just so we have options in the editing in case room. he in case Colin blew out the mic we'll have an alternate <laughs> option yeah okay cool um, okay here we go Hey everybody, welcome to Ideas Don't Bleed, Boo. which is a comic book. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> it's my favorite bit. It's my favorite bit. I fucking love it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That's what you got. All right. I'm going to really say the rest because we didn't say the rest. It's yeah. a podcast presented by Ashcan Press. That's the other part of it. We we forget it all the time, but it's presented by Ashcan Press. Say that? Do we have to say that? Yeah, you said we have to say that. You said that oh, was yeah. part of the script. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess we're. <laughs> whatever it's not important none of that's important the point is that griffin just tried really hard to keep his job and i'm not sure it happened but yeah we'll, we'll find the, out that's what everyone's tuning in every that, week yeah, to next week out. is does griffin have a job yeah. probably not but you know maybe <laughs> check in for maybe it's it's, it's the first it's the first season of game of thrones every person who's read the books is like ned stark's gonna die next episode it's gonna be next episode like oh this is gonna be great uh, so congratulations griffin yeah, yeah. they'll yeah, be talking about your firing for years afterwards and and, and then we're going to cut your head off <laughs> yeah. yeah i've seen game of thrones i get that i've i understand that reference <laughs> yeah there you everyone go. knows what a ned stark is i can drop this shit on the podcast because everyone like <laughs> there's certain weird shit that got like pretty pretty monolithic culturally and i feel That's like true. 
Yeah. Not all of Game of Thrones did, but like Dragon Queen and Ned Stark. I think mm-hmm. you can probably drop both of those. Without yeah, I feel like that's safe. I was going to say Red Wedding, which isn't exactly that level, but is close. I feel like yeah. in certain, in, in a lot of circles, but not all circles, you can be like, oh, it's a Red Wedding. And people will be like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair um, gun to my head, gun to my balls. Someone said, <laughs> which one of these characters is Ned Stark? <laughs> I wouldn't know who, which one it is. Did you not Should watch I've, it? I've seen and heard about so little of Game of Thrones. Uh, Griffin re- Griffin refuses to watch or read anything that's considered a cultural touchstone. Yeah, now I'm just picturing like Griffin as soon as like he's we're done with this podcast, he goes like hits his BMX, like yeah. fucking <laughs> pops off a railing and then yeah. goes yeah. Like, surfing or something. <laughs> yeah. If I could do any of those things, I think it would kind of make up for how culturally <laughs> unaware I am. But the fact is, I don't. Instead, I go into low power mode when we aren't podcasting. Yeah. And then once they ask me to get a StreamYard link up and running again, that's when you I turn back, back up. We're Matt's, we're Matt's podcast droids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Very handsome podcast droids. Thank you. Oh, thank yeah, that's you. part of it. Very that's simple. part of it. I would I, you you should have had... put that in the intro. Handsome podcast. Yeah, we, will. Yeah. we will. We could drop okay. it all in. Uh, I feel like e- even though Colin did a wonderful job, mm-hmm. um, maybe too wonderful, that'll be discussed for years to come. <laughs> I feel like I should introduce you guys. Um, we are joined today by my friends, uh, the wonderful writers, Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Um, people may know their work on things oh, like... Proper. Oh, yeah, we're clapping. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, makes me uncomfortable, too. I love it. It's great. Yeah, no, it's great. Uh, people may know their work on, on things like Joyride or Batman Beyond or the current Captain America book or a little thing called Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. They do a lot of stuff. Um, they're writing everything these days, and it's awesome. And I'm very excited to have you guys here. Thanks for coming out. Absolute pleasure. Uh, uh, Matt, I've been ever since I heard you had a podcast, uh, and ever since you many months ago were like, "Hey, would you ever would you would you come on the podcast?" Yeah. Uh, I've been like, "When is he going to ask us to be on the pod?" <laughs> that's saying, very exciting. That's my uh, that's my thing. I like morning to. He texts me and he's just like with me progressively more and more uh, emotions. <laughs> yeah, I like to ask everybody, and then I don't follow up with anyone, and I just it creates this tension that I think is good in all of my relationships. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, no, no. The entire industry calls it a Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get the mm-hmm. reference, but yeah, I think that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> the um... yeah, yeah, that's the one rule is don't tell me. So, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have no idea what that means, but yeah, yeah let's yeah. run with it. Um, well, you guys are, seem incredibly busy because you're writing so much stuff. So I appreciate you taking the time to come hang out with us today. And we wanted to just sort of uh, pick your brains for a little bit about uh, the old comic books and and. I guess that's it. I don't really have another answer. Yeah, it's mostly, yeah, yeah. mostly going to be comic books. Uh, all right. Yeah. So uh, the form was invented in the early. <laughs> I would love it. I would love it. Um, I'm reminded. I the one time I went to the Harvey Awards, um, one of the presenters got up and was like, "I know that last year this show ran really long." Well, I'll just say who it was because it's his bit and it was public. It was Bill Willingham got up and he was like. Um, he was like, you know, I know it ran long last year, so uh, we're going to try and keep it shorter this year. And everyone sort of chuckled. And he was like, I just have 20 minutes to talk about wall uh, cave paintings. And everyone laughed. 
And then he did talk about it. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. And I was like, that's a, I was like, that's an intensely brilliant bit of like weird joke. Well, but I don't know. Bit. That's awesome. Yeah. It was really, it was like Andy Kaufman esque because the yeah, whole audience yeah. laughed when he said it. And then he really did talk about gay panties all the time. And I was like, <laughs> mad, mad cantankerous. That's awesome. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Uh, uh, he connected it back to comics eventually. Um, which I'm going to do now by saying uh, our first question, we ask the softball sort of introductory question, which is, uh, why do you guys make comics? What is it about comics that you like? What is it that draws you to it? Do you like them? <laughs> presumptuous, I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. Uh, weirdly, answering that question often, often makes it sound uh, maybe a little more mercenary than it is because we do both love comics. In fact, it's how we met. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you the like the more like mercenary part first, and then I'll and then maybe Colin can soften it by by telling our actual origin, which will like help under make that make sense. Uh, we were in screenwriting and it sucked. Uh, we were uh, working on a bunch of big studio films and none of it was paying us. Uh, we were what they call baby writers, which is a, a designation you wear no matter what age you are until you sell enough movies that people decide you're no longer a baby writer. And it, we found it kind of infuriating and really tough. And we were young. We were in our like mid, early mid 20s and, and had a career that didn't make any kind of sense, but it certainly was like thrilling. But like otherwise it was just, um, nothing was coming out, and we really desperately wanted to have uh, stories that actually came out. And at yeah. the same time, uh, you know, we had a background that was steeped in comics, and, and it, it had been a thing that we'd been looking to do for a while. Which again, I'll let Colin handle. But uh, we, it, from the from the professional side, it really and what what has become my um, my sort of like guiding light on it is like it is a it's an immediate medium like it's it's something where you, you make it and and six months later it's out and like people are reading it uh it's extremely which may not be immediate for like a sub stack but it's immediate for like an old-fashioned medium and I, I i love that sense of immediacy i love that that sense of being able to to put something together and make it happen and i love that because the form is not young at all you know because it's ancient but like that the modern version of it is so interested in like playing around with form and structure and um, page count and presentation and like just how the medium can stretch and the amount of like mm -hmm. work you can do in it. Uh, it just kind of dwarfs movies in a lot of ways for me. Uh, and it just sort of did for a long time. And so we transitioned over the last like decade uh, into, cause we've been writing comics for eight years now um, over that period uh, into basically full-time comics. Like we don't really work in, in, film and tv all that much we do it here and there but like our, our primary work right now is in comics um mm. because we love it and because it uh it, it's it, it is a genuine like it's a place where you can actually tell stories and they actually come out which mm -hmm. is a, a which is a truly delightful place sure yeah and i can uh, i can go a little deeper on that because jack says uh, you know we've been writing comics for almost eight years now but we've been writing together for almost 13 actually a little over 13 if you want to look mm. at it um, we did, we met in school, uh, we piled into our friend's PT Cruiser nice. every Wednesday <laughs> and uh, drove up to the local comic shop, bought our comics, uh, bought an absolute irresponsible amount of comics. Yeah, uh, none of us were, we were all like, why did we spend anyone. all that money on comics? <laughs> <laughs> but we'd, uh, we'd buy our comics, we'd slurp down greasy pizza, uh, we treated them like shit and we loved every second of it. Uh, and that was where Jack and I really built our storytelling um, uh, 
kind of teamwork. We were speaking the same language because our shared language was comics. And we were able to kind of sharpen our knives against each other. Um, at the time, we were, well... That's like, the nicest way to put it. Uh, when we met, he was like, I don't like this guy. Oh. <laughs> and then, we, and then we, we, we learned mutual respect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was partially through that language of comics. Um, and I think, you know, to echo Jack, what we found was that, you know, I wouldn't, as Hollywood boys, uh, we eventually had to fire all of our representation because they didn't understand what we were doing. Um, it was too, not to toot our own horns, but, uh, you know, innovative and weird and um, really left of center, which there's really no support of uh, through the major Hollywood system in any way. Uh, so we were able to take those stories that we really wanted to tell and bring them to, yeah, bring them to comics, bring them to a format that actually would give a shit and has ever since encouraged us to be weird. Like some of our most, you know, the stuff that we absolutely, you know, that fans absolutely love is the strange stuff. And that doesn't get support in any other industry, really. So mm. I have a lot of questions about you guys as a duo, because like, that's something that we've talked to Matt a lot about, because as we mentioned before the show, Griffin and I are working on our first book right now. And we've gotten a lot of warnings. Thank you. Thank you. We've got a lot of warnings that duos are, are a, a, a risky business like that. Yeah. They often fall out and there's often really troublesome legal stuff and emotional stuff, obviously. Uh, and so I have Not questions always. about that and about right and about you guys process. I will right off the bat. I want to ask you guys, you, you get referred to as the hive mind as a duo. It's a good name. Uh, it's very marketable. What do you think of ours? We're the supple boys. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh is that does that what would you grade that supple, supple or supple what was that supple, supple. Uh, the supple boys? That, oh that's I love that's it. our that's our that's our podcast that's our brand i just wanted to see if you, you could, guys thought you, it was you good. can explain where it came from if you want no i don't need uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think i think context might hurt this uh i i, I, I really I don't like think... it i think it asked the right kind of questions <laughs> okay good well i'm glad you're on board I, um I know you weren't asking me because I'm not a guest on the show, but I want to go on record for the 12th consecutive episode of saying I fucking hate it. <laughs> Carry on. It's, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it, it has some tripwires. It um, it's not, it's not like, it's not like you guys picked like a really, here's the thing about Hive Mind. It, it, it describes the process and it sounds mm -hmm. like something out of a sign and like at the board thing. Right? right. So like on both sides of it, it sounds and it doesn't cool. sound dirty yeah right right yeah. i mean i mean are you making, really are you, does like some boys doesn't like not sound dirty it sounds are you making <laughs> on a horniness level is your content no it's pretty oh. not it's pretty the opposite honestly mm -hmm. uh oh right before this i was editing an hour and a half long conversation about uh the current state of the box office you know what what is cinematography like doing anymore nobody uh, could be so horny after listening to that classic uh, supple mm -hmm. boys content <laughs> I don't we, know, we're, we're called it because ryan stegman called us his supple interns and then after that we, we we just went with it and now everybody remembers it nobody will ever forget it because it, well look it if it's already, it's already done supple. then it's been done it's kind of a done deal so i yeah, just want to make sure you guys by ryan stegman if anyone well, you don't need any our approval sir <laughs> but you should uh, jackson you shouldn't give it to them anyway even if they want to <laughs> fair, they don't fair, want enough, it. fair enough fair enough matt okay I'm, I'm but a real I, a real question is: We have heard that you guys split your scripts in half, uh, mm -hmm. and and you, and you'll you'll go away on your separate halves, and then you'll kind of meld them together and do a rewrite. That that 
makes me crazy. I don't understand yeah. that. Ethan, and, Ethan and, actually just, I hadn't heard this tidbit and Ethan mentioned it to me the other night and I heard that and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. My <laughs> I don't understand. It does, yeah. does that ever go wrong for you? Is that, it does, are there difficulties that come with that or is it super smooth at this point? Uh, oh, there were... As you mentioned, like we've been doing this for a long, a long yeah. enough point that like our voices have become incredibly similar. Sure. Um, like the biggest problems, I'd say the most consistent problem that we hit and air quotes problem is, uh, oftentimes we'll use the same like scene construction or button because we think of scenes so similarly that we're like, you know, what would be fucking sick is if we did (laughs) use this turn of phrase and we've literally used the same kind of turn of phrase to button our scenes. But then you look at and you say, ah, it stopped being a mistake. It became a motif. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Sometimes <laughs> you can back into some really magical shit. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. It it really, I don't suggest that other people do it this way. Okay. Um, we we did it this way because it created, because as I said, we came from screenplays and in, and in screenwriting, um, sequences and acts uh, and uh, the, the, the just general structuralism of the thing means that working in a duo or a trio is not uh, as atypical, nor is it terribly difficult. Um, because you are taking on a, a, a sort of discrete section of the thing and you're doing it with an eye on the rest of the outline. Yeah. Um, and then there's always room to rewrite. So it, it's sort of our natural process. And then we applied it to comics because uh, what we wanted to do was create a sense of total equity. And this actually mm. goes back to like the initial thing you said, where it's like, oh, partnerships seem hard. Yeah, They are, right? Unless they aren't. The way that they're not hard, and I seriously think it's 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 true, but it's like you can't prescribe this. It just happens or it doesn't. The way mm-hmm. it's not hard is if you have like total one hundred percent trust in your best friend. Sure. And then like like as cheesy as that sounds, like Colin and I have been best friends for a really long time. I trust him implicitly. He was my best man. I was his best man. We know each other really well, and like he's like my brother, right? Mm-hmm. We but like. In a in a very like clo- like we're fucking yeah like not fuck. in a brotherly way because I don't swirly you or yeah no exactly there's none, there really <laughs> is like none of that kindest brothers yeah we're like, like, like step brothers from the hit film step we, we don't <laughs> we, we we basically don't fuck with one another like that's just not mm-hmm. who we are like when we okay. work when when we're like when you approach me about Colin that's about as as a hundred percent serious as I'm ever gonna get about anything because like mm-hmm. dude means the world to me. And and vice versa. And I know like we just have a good relationship. So the, what that created was a way for me to write 10 pages and know without a shadow of the doubt that I'm gonna get 10 cool pages that are gonna follow that up and knock that out, say, on a 20-page mm-hmm. script. Sure. That then yeah, we'll have a talk about. And like yeah. I, I might have missed something in a sequence, he might have missed something in a sequence. That will still like it's not like the work is like, oh, we come back together and like boom, you fuse it, boom, you got a script. It's like yeah. no. We, we we sit there generally together at night because we work on nights and weekends and like how, you know, figure out how we do X, Y, or Z part of our story. Um, mm. And we'll rewrite it out and we'll figure it out and we'll uh, talk it through. And maybe we'll have like, maybe we just won't have the motif. Mm. And so we'll sit there for a while and we'll have most of a script and we'll be sitting there looking for like, how do we tie this shit together? Like, it's good. It's just not cohesive or whatever. Um, and I think, so the way I like to think of it is like, it's like we're in a jazz duo, right? Or like mm-hmm. a band. And I trust entirely that Colin knows how to play his instrument. 
you know what I mean? And sure. knows mm-hmm. what the song is is up to. And I'm not here to like tell him what to write or how to write. And he's not here yeah, to tell right. me how to write or what to write. But we're here to like check each other and make sure we're like writing the best thing we can, uh, I guess. I, sure. I'm I'm curious about it because the I mean I've co-written a bunch of things. The 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 longest I ever did, and we actually did a podcast about it, was I did 10 issues of Uncanny X-Men with Kelly Thompson at Brisson. Mm. And um we had uh we we each we we cut up every issue and took sections and sort of ran with them and i thought when it worked well it worked really well and when it didn't work well it really fucking didn't work well um and I, you know like kelly and ed are two of my closest friends and i love them to death and so like you know we didn't come out of this like i mean i can't speak for them but i didn't come out of this hating them and right. uh, i'm wondering for you guys like when it breaks how bad does it break oh good one uh because we have a, yeah we have, we actually we have, we have a story we tell about this okay uh, <laughs> matt heard matt heard how you guys are like totally in sync you completely trust each other he was like i don't want to hear any of that shit yeah tell me the ugly stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how, how how bad does it get um yeah. I, so, I will say like i um I, of the two of us, I have the uh, awful habit of, we call it going rogue. Uh, and that's okay. when Colin decides that the outline isn't as good as it should be. And so he <laughs> starts playing jazz, like we're a jazz <laughs> going really well. And then the guy on the trumpet just decides to start. He has a solo he wants to do. He wants to play the solo now. And it's like, this mm-hmm. was not where the solo goes. Um, so, you know, I'd, off, like, I'd say in terms of writing, sometimes you do have to look at the hard truth of like, this is fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you, 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 you went rogue or you just took the outline and took it in a direction that is just really doesn't fucking land. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that aptly ha- actually absolutely happens, but also like Jack knows that he is not telling his best friend that his writing sucks. Jack is telling his writing partner that the scene he's crafted is not functional for the story. Yeah. And I can hear that. And like, am I going to get huffy? Yeah. Of course I'm gonna get huffy. But like, <laughs> am I gonna get mad? Fuck no. The work sure. has to stand on itself. Whatever you know, whatever it takes to get the work there. You guys are talking a lot about your scripting process. What does the outlining process look like, though? It's so so. It's uh, that's actually in some ways where it gets. When you say like, where does when it cracks? How bad does it get? Oh sure, yeah. Really, probably when we're in outline because outline mm-hmm. is for us a conversation. Everything we do comes out of uh, conversation. So we will hang out. Like we just normally would, but we have like discrete, we have discrete like writing hangouts versus like, we're just being friends and like, you know, to to make sure that the work always feels like the work and and it doesn't fuck with the rest of your life. But like, we will be taught, you know, we'll, we'll literally have it scheduled. We'll be like, okay, cool. We got a break. Bam and beyond, you know, oh, Mm -hmm. we, we have this new thing or we have a pitch coming up. We got to break this and we will get together and we will just I mean, we'll just talk about it and it'll, it'll start with Colin saying something or it'll start with me saying something. And it'll, it'll just be like the starting point of like, I don't know what interests me is this. And then it'll be like, mm-hmm. well, why? And then we'll get into that. And mostly we'll talk about our opinions, like individual opinions on the, whatever the thing is we're pitching, either a new thing or, or in, in this right, right now, we're almost entirely licensed books, right? Like very little uh, creator mm-hmm. own on our side right now. So mm-hmm. we're talking about a lot about like what we like about XIP. And that conversation is just like what we did in the comic book shop when we were 19, right? It's the same conversation. And we're just hanging out and talking about that stuff. But we're talking about it with an eye towards 
how do we turn this into something that we want to do? And mm -hmm. sometimes we fundamentally disagree. Mm -hmm. Like we'll hit a point where it's like Colin's take on this character is straight up different than mine. Uh, this we're, we're doing something in, um, we have a Batman Beyond uh, sequel that we're doing right now. And uh, there's a character in it that we, we just have different opinions on. And we sort of had to like really get into it about like- Is it Batman? It is not. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that would that would probably that would probably be a, a problem here. Uh, but we just get into it until we sort of find a place where, like, okay, how do we make it both of these? How is there a middle ground between our takes, and is there a thing, or does one of us kind of like manage to persuade the other, which also can happen? And so we'll just get into that. And to an outside observer, like my wife, there was one day it got really, really bad. Um, I do not remember what the project was, but we were literally like being like, no, like you're ignorant. You don't know what you were so <laughs> yeah. we were like, ugly bastard. Totally <laughs> in my living room. And my wife's sitting on the couch and she uh just like playing Nino Cooney or some shit. And then like Colin and, and then we're like, yeah, fuck you, no. And then it's like, but, but what about this part? And you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. It's like, oh, great, let's do that. It's like, fuck yeah. And we sit down and start writing. <laughs> and then it's outlined and Colin's like, all right, I'm going to go home. And it's like, peace, hi, bye-bye. <laughs> and yeah, Alex wow. turns around and goes, I thought you guys were going to fucking kill each other. <laughs> and we're like, no, it's just the process. <laughs> right. Like, but we figured it out. Yeah. Um, I, and like, yeah. that's I, how bad I, it gets. I sort of love that. I, I, um, I said once I was at a, I was at a, we don't need to go into the gory details, but I was at a Marvel creative summit once and uh, partway through it, I had a thing and I was doing, I, I believe it was on the Punisher. I, I don't, I know it was on the Punisher. <laughs> it was the thing I was doing and it ended up with someone uh, standing up, pounding on the table, cursing at me and screaming at me. And uh, uh, it was intense. <laughs> And and Jason Aaron, uh, God bless his his beautiful soul and and beard and presence, uh, <laughs> sort of stepped in and was a calming presence. And was like, okay, everyone take a breath. And when we broke for lunch, uh, we went outside and a bunch of the other writers came up and were like, hey, are you okay? And I was like, oh no, that was about creative stuff. Like I don't, that's not, that's fine. Yeah. With me. Like yeah. I don't mind getting heated about creative. Like people, we're here because we're passionate about these things. Like that's. Yeah. Yep. why we do this job like if someone else is passionate about it like i want to hear it i want to hear their passion i want to fucking feel it mm -hmm. like that and that to me is great and and the fact that you guys can understand that for, for yourselves and it doesn't get away of of the friendship is awesome and the, the mm -hmm. creative process i i really have a ton of love for that we love comics um yeah. mm -hmm. and it, it it's the language that we learn to speak with each other it's the main thing i read i mean like my bookshelves are behind me and it, like that's comics and that's comics and that's yeah. I think those are rpg <laughs> books everything else is comics um like it's it's a it's become this thing that it rules the work like is the work adding to comics which is a horrible thing to ask yourself because like you know then you're like every book needs to be fucking great but in all mm. honesty, like we really do think every book needs to be great, um, sure. and like it, when we when we feel like we've like laxed that off or like oh like that book didn't turn out so well, cool that happens. Like not every book lands the way that you hope it'll land. But we genuinely try to never get into anything anymore unless we know it could be great, um, mm -hmm. because we've had the other side of that and been like okay yeah we gotta you know we gotta like check ourselves. Um, 
So, oh, you know, I think it's just, yeah, we do it. We do it for the love. Like you do it for the love of comics and then you forgive all of the emotional nonsense that comes along the way, because ultimately we're all on, it's like, we're all on the same ship, you know? Mm. Yeah. That being said, I do have a notebook where I've kept careful list of every grievance Jackson has ever perpetuated against. Sure. And they will all be avenged. <laughs> sure. sure. And, and you know what? Like good on Fuck. him that it's only one notebook. You know, <laughs> it feels like it could yeah, be a lot more. Yeah, how, how many subjects? Is that college ruled, wide ruled? What are we talking here? back and I have tiny handwriting. <laughs> you were talking about how you guys are doing mostly licensed stuff right now. Is there a, is there much of a difference in that heat or, or the emotionality of that between the creator-owned stuff and the licensed stuff? License is probably harder emotionally. Really? Interesting. If I had to guess, just because like, when it's creator owned, there is no, like there's, there's no objective truth in the way that mm. there is in a licensed book. We can mm. argue over X character if X character has pre-existence, but if that character is coming from the hive mind, like every idea is good. So sure. it's a little easier to probably emotionally to break story. Okay. But probably more, di- I mean, obviously more difficult, um, to to do it probably than license because there's no scaffolding yeah, so right i mean I, I don't find that much distinction between the two but if i had to draw one i don't know colin what you think <laughs> that's my uh, I mean, I'd, I'd actually probably say it's a little easier to do licensed books just because you do have the framework and as you say the scaffolding to kind of figure out what is you can you can read the previous work and discover what is or isn't in tone for the character but when we're sure. doing our own creator own stuff i mean those are our babies like I want my children to all have excellent lives and not have anything. <laughs> and it's like, well, well, tough. You are going to kill their parent, and that is your fault. <laughs> but um, one of the things I was wondering, uh, this goes back to the thing before, is uh, which one of you would win in a fight if you fought each other? Oh, like a physical yeah, Colin, fight. Colin would hmm. win in a fight. I am I am bigger than Colin, but he is mighty. I will not fight Colin. I'm Colin, mean. you agree? You agree with that? I'm fucking mean. Jackson is is not a fighty boy he's very (laughs) he he does not take any joy in physical violence Uh, Mm. I fucking love smashing things and have very little remorse so (laughs) yeah what do you you smash? oh bicycles on the street uh, (laughs) uh, cars a lot of plants have taken out my ire uh, that, that, that's, 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 that's one's a, true. That one's that's a living thing. Wow. If there's, a, if there's cones, a cone is always going to get a kick from me. Bird scooters, okay. god damn, I love knocking those things into the street. <laughs> okay. Damn. He's a um, vandal. My my follow up question, <laughs> and maybe this is maybe this is sort of answered, but you never know. Who among you is best suited for like a post apocalyptic scenario? Which one do you feel like survives? That's a good that? question. Because it's not just about smashing things. Oh, <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I'm fucked without Colin's handiness, and he's oh, no. fucked without my survival instinct. Okay. So oh, I think beautiful. I think we'd need both of us. Yeah, I mean, as a duo, we could fucking kick ass in a post-apocalyptic landscape. Well, especially you add our wives to that too, and it's like, don't oh, yeah. even stop. Like, like Colin's wife will smash all comers with a baseball bat. <laughs> Yep. Oh, she smashes and too. Smash oh, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're big. Wow. Yeah. We smash. Yeah, we smash. Yeah, wow. Uh, 
and and my wife's like mad handy and comes from like like settler folk so she can like okay. make settler folk so we'll we'll just we we refuse the premise of your question matt yeah okay. 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 all right shut up matt jesus uh i these are the kind of things that that when i read their work i'm always wondering so i'm just <laughs> i got the chance to ask it now because like when we hang out i can't be like hey guys it would be a weird question in the <laughs> that bar would be awesome. you just come up at a con and be like you ever thought about who it was? Yeah. <laughs> um, I did. I did actually want to ask, and I don't. I, I spent a long time trying to figure out how to frame this question in a way that isn't insulting, and I don't mean it in an insulting way. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, no, I. I don't know how to s say this, but like, I, is this I, why it, you asked us who would win in a fight? Yeah. You're like, you wanted to know which one of us was going to kick your ass? Like, yeah, no, I want to know which one I should hide behind. Um, <laughs> no, the, the, you guys work on a lot of stuff that I feel like um, makes sense for you. And you work on a lot of properties that sort of make sense. But they're kind of, and they're not small things. They're, they're like, I don't want to say they're strange, but you guys work in these like, I don't know how to articulate this in a way that isn't like belittling because I don't mean it in a belittling way, but I'm thinking about like, no, I find this fascinating. Like, uh, like the, cool. you did like the Alyssa Milano, a book with Alyssa Milano that sort of put you guys mm -hmm. on a map. You did the stuff with Brandon Sanderson, but then you're doing like um, the, the vast, like the RPG stuff. And then now you're on Star Trek. These are like, there's no connective tissue to all these things other than there's an, a hungry audience for them that isn't being serviced and i find that really interesting and sort of can't quite parse but i'm always like there's always stuff that comes up that i'm like i don't know much about that but i know people really like it and then you guys are attached to it and i'm like <laughs> are they really good at finding the thing or like are their interests just different like i don't know does does this make sense at all One thousand percent. you are you are you just you just awkwardly stumbled directly into one of the key uh, uh, let's say issues like one of the key grind points of our brand to bring mm -hmm. us back around to the conversation we were having before we start recording. Yeah, hive mind copyright. <laughs> so yeah, we work in many many different genres, um, and that does create a lot of problems because we are not very well known for one thing, mm -hmm. um, and that can create a lot of issue because we are not we don't have we don't have reputations as. You're the horror guys, you know, we're not your crime guys. What we are often is your problem solving guys. Mm. That's where we started. Like you hand us the weird broken thing. You hand us the thing that no one is quite sure what to do with and we mm. will buff it up and we'll make it shine. Uh, and we have a, a, we are developing a bit of a reputation. Yeah. as like as fixers, mm -hmm. um, which is fucking cool, but it does mean <laughs> that we end up on stranger project, stranger projects without a real, solid through line somewhere sometimes mm -hmm. for fans to really latch on to yeah that's I a lot of pressure too <laughs> I, I understand the, the the problem solver aspect to some to some degree but i wouldn't necessarily say that like like if you look at our, at our recent launches and you look at like the stuff that we've done since because when we came on it was it was hacktivist which was a problem solve they'd gone through several writers they weren't really sure what to do Alyssa had this idea but 
it, the idea basically boiled down to like, what if Jack Dorsey was a superhero? And they were having a really hard time figuring out like what that actually was. Mm-hmm. And it was in the middle of the Iranian, uh, you know, in the Green Revolution and, and, and this sort of momentary spark in time when we all thought that like social media maybe wasn't awful. Mm-hmm. And like they, and, and we wrote a book about it and it was like really delightful that we, we got to do that. And that it was a celebrity book. So it always felt like we were immediately going to get discounted. And we kind of knew that. But it was our first chance at doing a book because we didn't have any kind of money with which to like make a comic. You know, I, I'd, I'd spent what little I had to publish my very first thing, um, this thing, Freak Show, with our buddy David Serber, who introduced us. Hmm. And that I, I wasn't about to go self-publish another book. So we were like, okay, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do you know, Hacktivist. Hacktivist was a problem solve. Our recent stuff, I think, what we've, what people have come in with, I guess it is to some degree a problem, it, which is that. Um, they like to bring us things that have not traditionally been popular. Mm-hmm. You, I think you said it really uh, uh, smart, Matt, like you keep catching up on new stuff because we're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, or on, on stuff because we're doing it. So that's uh, very much what's up, right? Oh, this book doesn't really sell and, and never really has. It's not like the book is like crashing right now. It just has never done sure. X, Y, or Z. Great. Mm-hmm. Let's give them a chance to do X, X Y, or Z. Um, and it is an interesting reputation uh, to build, but one that I hope uh, leans people into what I think is actually the the, the connective tissue between all of it, hmm. which is um, we are we are character boys, like mm. we are character people who are really interested in small character stories. Um, not perhaps as interested in it as somebody like Tom King, who like is seems less and less interested in everything that happens outside of the the, the small room. But yeah. it's so good at the small room that it's like impossible to look away. Sure. Um, I think we're a little more interested in like the in going into the small room like a, a significant amount of time, and then for the other half of the time, and maybe this is the hive mind at work, right? This is like. I kind of started in plays and Colin kind of started in like big action movies. Mm-hmm. And we really like to fuse those things. And I think if you read all of our books, what you'll generally discover is eat like, even in Hacktivist, that we try to do like, we try to go really, really small and really focus on character and make sure that character is at the center of everything that happens. And then go as big and crazy and almost like Silver Age as possible. Because mm-hmm. right now there is such a tendency in comics to play either in like, Horror obviously is like a huge um, uh, genre right now and, and it totally makes sense, but it's just like not our space. Um, we've never really been huge horror fans. Like it's just not our thing. Um, there are great horror books and there's great stuff that we love, but like we, we tried writing horror once and it was not a great experience. Um, generally, like we want to fill a space of like big, optimistic, crazy sci-fi fantasy with a psychedelic edge. I guess mm-hmm. we grew up on a lot of Morrison and really want to like pay some of that wild thought process forward. And then we try to put that in all of our books. Uh, if you look at pretty much everything we do, either by issue three or by issue eight, we will have done a psychedelic issue where like, <laughs> where we just like lose panel borders and don't give a crap and just want to like do a tone poem. Um, mm-hmm. We did it once as a book called Zojicon. No one read it. Um, <laughs> I read, I read like, it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. But like we have, but we have these, but like, I think like you have to look deeper to see the threads effectively mm-hmm. than you do on maybe a writer who's like more like, I do shit that feels like it's like straight, you know, straight in this genre or straight in this vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that again, I think is part of the hive mind. We, we, uh, we have to decide on a tone before we start a book. It's like a uh-huh. thing we do sometimes where uh-huh. we'll like, we'll be talking about a book and we'll be like, oh, so this is a joyride or, oh, this is a Zojicon. Um, yeah. 
Kang the Conqueror is a Zojacon. Uh, Captain America is Captain America is like a hacktivist, but uh, <laughs> it, but he gets some joyride in it sometimes. The next thing we're doing is a joyride. Do, do you guys feel like I know you're both big RPG guys? Do you feel like you're? I wouldn't ask this normally because it's not. I, I tend to think of myself as sort of a character-driven writer. That's sort of what excites me about books more than anything. Like I'm, uh, I I I remember talking to someone and they were like, "Yeah, the, you know, this person just makes all the fight scenes just a splash page." And I was like, "Yeah, that's all I need. Like I just need a <laughs> splash page of fighting and then I can move on." And I like the aftermath of the fight and the lead up more than I like the fight most of the time. Um, so I, I wouldn't ask this normally, but do you feel like your RPG roots and, and love of RPG informs story? Because obviously RPG is so character-based and character-driven. Do you feel like mm. that's a big influence for you guys? 1,000%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I used to refer to running... So I, I ran a Star Trek role-playing game for, for a while. That was my first big encounter with RPGs. I didn't start playing until my 20s. Colin got me into oh. it. Okay. Um, we played a World of Darkness campaign and the GM was like, I'm going to do all these different parties and we're going to switch them all up. It's going to be awesome. And I was like, <laughs> I want to do that. That sounds amazing. Uh, and then we didn't know we never did it in that World of Darkness campaign. Like the parties never crossed over and I got really frustrated. And I was like, I want to do that. So, uh, but what world do I know well enough to run a role-playing game um, in? Well, I know Star Trek. So I learned uh I, I built a star trek role-playing game out of world of darkness i like learned how to run like a sketchy version of it and then rebuilt the character sheet and then ran the star trek game and i used to refer to it and it had all these different characters and all these different parties we crashed them together and do a, and i used to refer to it as writer push-ups because i mm -hmm. would get done and my brain would be like mush i'd, I'd feel like i i just because they would always they were all great writers colin was in the game like like people who whose ideas i would immediately want to divert to right mm -hmm. so and I was giving them a chance to break out of my world because I wasn't a great GM. I didn't know how to keep these guys on rails at all. So I was just like, hey, enjoy. Like, how can, can I keep up with you? And the more that I learned to keep up with them, man, I think the better uh, I became. And I think Colin the same way, like uh, with champions and, and with the stuff that he's GM'd. Um, mm. like we, we, it sharpens your brain against that whetstone of like, the story's different now. The idea is different now. This character's dead now. This new mm. thing's happened. This character went left instead of right. Is, is mm. the story still good? If it isn't, writer push-ups right like how do you train your brain to have a good solution at all times yeah yeah and that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with jackson lansing and colin kelly make sure to check out star trek captain america sentinel of liberty and everything else they're working on by giving them a follow on twitter at jackson lansing and at cp kelly to get the latest episodes of this podcast, as well as news, giveaways, and even comics delivered straight to your inbox, go to ashcanpress.com and sign up for the newsletter. We'll be back next week for part two of our discussion, and in the meantime, you can write to us at ideasdontbleedpod at gmail.com, or tweet to Matthew Rosenberg at ashcanpress on Twitter, me at Tales to Astonish, or Griffin at Griff Sheridan. We'll include some of your correspondence on the show, and we'd love to hear what you have to say. And big thanks to Summer People for our theme song, Where's the Poison? Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Where is the boy?